0: You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theupc.org. We don't use the word glory very often, do we, except when we're singing Christmas carols. Uh, But sometimes there's a moment when it's just the right word. This fall, I was sailing on Flathead Lake in Montana, and the word would be glorious. It was a glorious day. I was with my wife and my son. We had rented a sailboat, and the uh, sun was shining. The wind was fair. Uh, we navigated through some islands where it was just peaceful. It was calm, and the sun warmed our backs. We had nice conversation. And then when we got out into the clear, uh, if you've ever been to Flathead Lake, you know it's right adjacent to Glacier National Park. And the wind comes off these icy peaks. And it's a long lake, so it gains a lot of momentum. And then it hits your sail. And boom, there's this snap in the rigging. And we just fly forward. You, know, you could hear the winch handles vibrating in their holds and gear slap smashing onto the floor. And the boat began to lean and lean and tip and tip. The sail got wet in the waves. The wind was bowing to the waves like it was begging for mercy. And I looked over at my son as we were climbing to the high side of the boat, trying to get out of the water and onto something level, and I could see this look in his face like, oh, my gosh. He had asked me before we got on the boat when we were on the dock, Dad, does this boat tip over? (laughs) And at this point, it seems like a pretty good question. I tell you that story because uh, there's glory tonight, isn't there? Christmas Eve. But we experience the glory differently. For some of us, the wind is calm, and the seas are flat, the sun is shining, and it's a night of joy and celebration. We're with friends, we're feasting, we're with family, we're gathered in church to remember what life is all about anyways. But then there are some of us, and I think perhaps many of us, uh, who experience the night differently tonight, who are experiencing fear, or frustration, failure, or feel very much alone. Our ships are going through seasons of gale winds and high waves, and we're pitching and we're rolling, and there are times in life just like that when we start to take on water and we wonder, does this boat tip over? But the good news tonight, Christmas Eve, is that there is one who loves us who comes to be with us the one who made heavens and earth, the one who rules the waves, whose breath is the wind, the word of God has become flesh so that he could climb into your boat and sail with you. The question I think that God wants to put to each of us tonight is as simple as this. Beloved child, yes, that's you. Beloved child, will you let my son's glory be your glory? Before I explain that question a little bit more, would you open your Bible to John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18? If you didn't bring a Bible, grab the black book out of the rack in front of you there, please, and turn to page 862. I'd like everyone to open there, because I think it's a privilege to read God's word aloud together. Uh, if you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. This is the culmination of St. John's magisterial introduction to his gospel, an explanation of the origin of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we're done reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. So that if you believe it, you can say, thanks be to God. Listen carefully. You're reading his holy word. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Please be seated. No one has ever seen God, St. John tells us. But in verse 14, he says, we have seen his glory. What is glory? My son asked that question a second time. He said, Dad, does this boat tip over? And it seemed like it was um, a different question that second time as he had to raise his voice to shout over the howling wind and the whistling of the stays. And I said the same thing I had said on the dock. No, it doesn't tip over. How do you know? Well, I want you to look into the water. What do you see down there? And he said, waves? And I said, yeah, but I want you to look through the waves. What do you see? And it just so happened that with the uh, where the sun was and the light of the boat, you could look down uh, off that high side and you could see a blue smudge that was uh, tracking with our hull through the water. And you know what it was. It was the keel. I said, that's a keel. And it's got a very heavy weight on it, heavier than anything uh, above the water. It's filled with lead. And as long as that keel is hooked to this boat, this boat cannot... tip over. What is glory? In the Bible, glory is the weight that holds you up when life wants to knock you over. Glory is weight that holds you up when life wants to knock you over. I say that because in the Old Testament, the Bible's word for glory simply means heavy or weighty, You can imagine how in olden times this began to mean glory or honor, but the simple word was a reference to the resources that somebody had. If somebody was wealthy, they had a lot of gold, they were heavy with gold, they were rich. Uh, They might be heavy with nobility or heavy with character. We talk this way in in modern times as well. We might say somebody who's wealthy, she's loaded, right? And we're not talking about eggnog at that point. And we might say someone is substantial, uh, if, they've got, uh, if they're heavy with character. Or we might say, that person is impressive, or he's a rock. Uh, those are our ways of talking about weight that's really respectable, that is about resources that are substantial. But this word, translated oftentimes weight or heavy, uh, also can be translated severe or hard, It can be a reference to our resources on the one hand, but also to our challenges. It is referred to, in the Old Testament, as uh, it it refers to plagues, or famines, or war. Job would say, my crisis is heavier than the sands of the sea. And we talk this way, too. We talk about a problem that's become a burden. Uh, We say, man, this issue is so heavy. Or we'll say this season that I'm going through is just crushing. And so when you put these two meanings together, resources and challenge, you get a good idea of what the Bible is referring to when it talks about glory. Glory is having resources that are greater than the challenges. If the storm has more weight than you have deep down inside of you, it will knock you over. But if you have more weight in the depth of your being than the storm has, you will sail it out. And so the question then for me tonight is, where do I turn for glory? Do I look for glory in fame or academic credentials? College decisions are, are coming back now, aren't they? Do I look for glory in my wealth or my popularity, in success, at work, or in family? All these things are good things. and. They do give us a weight or a glory in our lives, but I want to tell you, someday a storm will come that's heavier than those things, and we're going to need something more substantial. The good news of Christmas is that God gives us, in his son Jesus Christ, a new ballast. And so again, this question, God asks you tonight, beloved child, will you let my son's glory be yours? But what is his son's glory? What's Jesus' glory? What holds him up in the storms that want to knock him down? Certainly not fame, not power, not wealth. He's in a manger. No, the glory of Jesus is love. It's the undying love of a father for an only son. St. John writes this in verse 14. He says, we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son. And I want to tell you, it was a glorious sail that afternoon, this fall in Montana, but it really wasn't the keel that made it glorious. It was the weight of our son. It was the fact that our son was in that boat with us on that afternoon. That's not something we could have assumed. Because just two years prior, our family sailed smack into a squall, a crisis, We weren't as healthy as a family as we thought we were, and our son was suffering, and we were losing him. And so I can speak very personally to you tonight about the weight of a father's son, because a good father would give anything to rescue a son. A good father would give up every weight he has in his life, his reputation, his wealth, his time, his money, in order to get that son back close to the father's heart. And it was looking into the eyes of our son, seeing him eventually smile uh, in the midst of that uh, sale, that really was our glory. So how does Jesus do this for us? How does Jesus make a life heavy? Well... My suggestion tonight is that when we let God love us the way God loves Jesus, our lives take on weight. We let Jesus draw us to his Father's heart, which is the greatest mass in the center of this cosmos. This divine child Jesus is born with a human beating heart so that he can represent you in God's heart. I say represent because Jesus didn't come primarily to teach you or to motivate you or to reform you, but to represent you. God gave the one he loved because he loves this world. And he loves you. He loves you like his only son and with his only son. So you can measure the weight of your life tonight. You can measure your value not by the height of the waves or the speed of the wind, but by the, the weight of God's love. God so loved the world, he gave this son to be born in the lowest of a state, to suffer shame and humiliation, to be betrayed and crucified on a cross. God gave his son because he loves you. This is his rescue operation to get you back to the father's heart. And so how do you want to respond to that? John gives us a hint in verse 16 when he says, Receive grace. Receive grace. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Those of you who are sailors know this. Here's something about a keel you usually don't see it, you don't. And this gets us to faith. You just have to believe it's there. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, but faith is living with what you can't see. Sometimes we don't see worthiness in our lives. We don't see belovedness in our lives. But it's below the surface. Are you willing to let God's infinite, indestructible, unshakable, undeserved love have weight in your life? little side note. You know the Ten Commandments. The fifth one is this, honor your father and mother. I love that one as a dad. Right? <laughs> I- you know, it's, just, it's the verbal, they're shaking their heads. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I do have parents too. The verbal form of the word for glory is that verb honor. And what it's really saying is let your father and your mother have weight in your life. That's what it means to honor them. And when the Bible says glorify God, it means let God have God's weight in your life. And so John is saying would you let the love of a father for an only son have its full weight? In your life, would you receive His grace? I tell you, this is what's getting us through as a family. I'm here tonight to tell you, my, my whole family was here worshiping in the first service together, and it's such a joyful night for us because God's love is holding us up as we navigate the challenges that fa- families face. And not just us, someone here tonight is weathering the loss of a job because God's love is the weight of your life. Someone here tonight is weathering a marriage that's just falling apart because God's love is the weight of your life. Someone here tonight is weathering a brutal addiction because God's love is the weight of your life. And these things aren't knocking you over. You're rolling, you're tossing, but you continue to sail. They say, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. Jesus was born, John tells us, to make God known. What a night to let Jesus make God known to you, Christmas Eve. Will you let Jesus represent God to you tonight? And will you let Jesus represent you to God? In him, sin is forgiven, failures are overcome, hearts are healed, and death, death is swallowed up forever that's weight that's glory you're here tonight because God wants you to measure your life not by the waves or the wind speed but by the father's love for an only child will you hear him calling you back to his heart beloved child will you let my son's glory be yours it was a glorious day sailing in Montana that afternoon it was just so good to be together But I know, and those of us who are parents, we know that we won't always be able to be together as a family. There'll be a day when our children will hoist their own sail, and they'll sail off without us. Through sun and storm, the waves will come, and the wind will blow, sometimes perhaps even violently so. But what I want for them is what I want for you, and I pray that you can hear this tonight, and and that is to know that we have a God who has come to live with us, who loves us more than any human parent ever could, and who promises to be in your boat for all of eternity. Let's pray. God, we're here tonight to gather around the mystery of the incarnation with the freedom to admit that our lives are flimsy and light, insubstantial, without your love. So claim us again tonight. Help us to put our weight on the weight of your promises. Let your glory be ours by faith. Rescue us in your grace. Redeem us in your love. And send us out into this world as people who know there is good news. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And we pray it for his glory. Amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upcorg audio, email audio at upc.org, or call two zero six five two four seven three zero one, extension one one seven.